Hi, my name is Frances. I'm Alice. And welcome to this week's episode of Two Friends in a Pod, a place for friends to catch up on all things movies, music, and pop culture. And TV, I forgot that. TV? How could I forget? <laughs> we're literally going to talk about TV today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this week we're doing, well, we watch West Side Story. But first we're going to talk about a bit of TV, as you said. <laughs> In particular, reality TV. Mm. And as Australians, but, <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I just want to say it's it's local art. We're celebrating <laughs> local art. <laughs> yeah, so as Australians, we had a particular interest in a particular reality TV show that just came out on Netflix called Byron Bay. First of all, what do you think of the name? I mean, yeah, everyone in Byron is hot, right? <laughs> we all knew that. Do people even use the word bay anymore? Is that a thing? Hasn't it sort of like phased out? Yeah, that was what I was like. It sounds so cringe, yeah. right? I mean, I get the like pun. Like early 2000s, early 2010s, I mean. Yeah. yeah. I get the pun. Whether it could have just been called Aaron Babes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just yeah. throwing it out there. I feel like it feels the like. The seems a lot more timeless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whereas on like Byron Bay with a B-A-A just feels a little bit slightly uncool would you say chuggy yeah <laughs> yeah so i guess it's set in the beautiful iron bay which is is it a beach town mm-hmm. um it's very touristy now but it's very beautiful i've never been but i've seen pictures and it's very beautiful <laughs> yeah it's your typical i don't know if you've never been to like a, a beach side town in, in australia specifically new south wales you can expect a lot of people Wearing much, wearing bikinis, a specific aesthetic. Everyone's really hot, really tanned, really athletic, and eating like acai bowls and stuff. It's a vibe, really. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there are a lot of beachy towns around Australia, but I feel like Byron has that specific. You know, there. You know, when you think of Byron, what do you think about? Like, not just beach and like hot people. Yeah, you kind of think also of like anti-vaxxers. <laughs> well, I mean. You think of that because of facts. Be yeah. fair. It literally is like one of the laws. It's, it's like an upper class beach. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's also like very spiritual. You know, it's about holistic health, like yeah. vibes, like a, energy, crystals. Mm. Feels very much like Bondi, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. But on another level. Yeah. And like, didn't Zach Efron live there for a bit? Yes. And that's where he met his waitress girlfriend and she got plucked out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Just some random waitress, and she got to live a life of luxury with Zach Efron for a sweet little while, and that would have been incredible. I'm very jealous of her. <laughs> and then also, does Chris Hemsworth live there, or well, he lives close by? He does. Yeah. No, he's a Byron guy. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So yeah. celebrities live there, and a lot of celebrities yeah. from Hollywood during COVID, when they came to Australia to film and just like I guess escape COVID in America, they lived in Byron. Okay, well, that's the setup of the town. I guess it gives it a little bit of context. So it follows, I think it's very much reminiscent of like the hills or like Laguna mm. Beach, where it's just a bunch of yeah. good looking people made into like a pseudo group. So you can tell that they don't really know each other and they've just kind of be plucked into some sort of group and pretend that they're all like best friends, even though they probably like don't know <laughs> each other that well. And just kind of like follow their lives around Byron. And then I think the central story that we're supposed to be seeing is that there's a new girl. So she's from Queensland. And so to give context, because I think it's important, Queensland's very different. <laughs> if you watch the TV show, they're like, oh, she's from Queensland. 
like she's so different it's very different there it's like broken um and i think there's just like this preconceived idea that people from the gold coast are like not as refined as people from byron bay mm. maybe because it's not as quote-unquote upper class well i think specifically it's like she's um from queensland but she's also from gold coast so gold yeah. coast is like party vibes that's where all the people go for schoolies so they're like people the, the the people in the show not to say all people in byron but the people in the show who are representing byron are constantly saying about this new girl like oh she's so gc like so gold coast oh fake lips fake boobs short skirts that's so gold coast i'm like what it's strange because i well i mean we're not for byron but just don't hear people talk like that show that's representing like australia yeah Uh, it doesn't represent us that's all i'm gonna say so we're just like following this girl and she's kind of like fish out of water trying to make her way through byron and work on her music career and how she makes connections with the locals there and explore the area yes so, Alice, I've watched the whole show, <laughs> which is like <laughs> 16 you. episodes. Is it 16 episodes? No, six to eight. Oh, my goodness. God, I would not be able to do 16 episodes. <laughs> I was but very, I wanted to ask you. I was very shocked for a moment. <laughs> how many did you get through? I got through two and a half before I absolutely had to stop. I think you're maybe a bit more experienced with the reality tv genre i think you've kept up with like the bachelor bachelorette and those sort of tv shows even like love is blind um you're the one mm. who like introduced me to that one so yeah came in being like oh it's fine first episode i was like oh yeah it's very it's giving me the hills which i remember liking back in the day <laughs> yeah. you know i can say the same now but let me tell you these people are totally insufferable and very very dull <laughs> And I'm talking about specifically one person in particular. I think her name is Hannah. So she yeah. plays like this, like very well-loved, very spiritual, I guess, person. But she's very like fake spiritual. And it's like intentionally fake. But it's not believable because mm. it's just so like forced. She speaks with a weird accent. Like, it's, yeah. Like, she's like airy and like, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, like, trying to portray this person. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's, like, a sort of line where, like, everyone is kind of in on the joke as well and being, like, oh, she seems kind of, like, fake. Like, she's not really, like, spiritual. She's spiritual mm. when she, like, chooses Needs to be. To be. Yeah. But it is totally not watchable, I think, to, like, see her try to, like, <laughs> perform this character, I think. I just, like, I can't stand it, if I'm mm. very honest. And then all the guys on the show are so not interesting like they are so dull it's just very hard to watch because everyone is either unlikable or boring and you have to be one of those things (laughs) reality tv show like you've got to be interesting or you have to be likable like yeah cannot be both unlikable (laughs) and completely (laughs) like dull so even like i tried to keep it on in the background and just like hear snippets of it yeah but I just, like, I couldn't. I was like, I have, like, I can't concentrate because these people are absolutely awful. It's very, it's very scripted as well. I mean, like, I say that as, like, you know, this is a reality show, whatever, things are scripted and edited, but it's so forced. Like, you can just tell the people are just being like, okay, so next plot line happens. And then, yeah, like, the acting is just, it feels unnatural as well. So all in all, I would say... I could not get on board with this particular reality TV show. However, I think it's 
Is it popular? I haven't heard that much about it, but I wonder I if I'm just like no. that side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I also like wonder how people who don't live in Australia like look at this show because I think it might be more interesting from that perspective if you don't really know what that culture is really about. Whereas like mm-hmm. I think you and I are both familiar with it and also like don't vibe with that particular culture that much. <laughs> We're not part of it. Um, it's not yeah. really like our interest is just – you didn't grow up mm. doing those things, so it's, like, hard to relate. Yeah, so actually, you're not alone. So adding you up, I've recommended this show to five other people at work. Mm-hmm. So that's six people in total. Mm-hmm. And two people, including you, so the two of you could not make it through. So I successfully got to four out of six people, two-thirds. <laughs> I want to say that's a win on my end. But, yeah, another yeah colleague of mine could not get through it. She only made it one episode, and she was like, I'm out. This is... I." This is so dull. My brain is like melting. I can't do it. Yeah. But I think I, in my defense, I agree with exactly everything you've said. These people are all <laughs> boring and dull and like not nice and, and very judgmental. And obviously, you know, you have the reality TV side and mm. it's all edited and, you know, the producers bait them to say weird things. But the people they, they are portrayed as are not very nice. And mm. I would say the first couple of episodes, like around one to three or even one to four, are just so stupid and dull. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard to get through, but I did it. And then I would say the last couple of episodes are purely dedicated to drama between the new Gold Coast girl and mm-hmm. the girl called Elle. John's Elle. So she has like that like really long black hair and she lives with that guy. And they're uh, roommates. I could tell that there was tension between. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But basically... Mm-hmm. Elle in the beginning calls Sarah the Gold Coast girl fake because she's so mm. GC. I mean, mm-hmm. who wouldn't say that? And then mm. the rest of the season is just dedicated to people going, you called her fake. And she goes, no, I didn't. And then another person goes, remember when you called Sarah fake? And I was like, I would never say that. And it's it's literally just that. So the drama is like, anyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally just that. But it, but it kind of is like funny because this L girl is like, fighting for her whole damn life like she's just like I never at one point she goes fake I wouldn't that word wouldn't even come out of my mouth like that's a lazy word I wouldn't use such a lazy word to describe someone that's just not in my vocabulary like I don't use the word fake and then the producers just every time she says she didn't say it the producers insert a clip of her saying it (laughs) so petty and funny (laughs) yeah But I'm not saying this makes the show watchable, but it's the one saving grace that towards the end you're like, <laughs> okay, like this is at least funny. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. We can always just like laugh at the stupidity of it, I guess. Yes. Yeah. I would say, yeah, I wouldn't like, I agree with everything you said. This is not a the best reality show that I've yeah. seen. It's not something I'll go back to or laugh at again. Like it's not a classic. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny because a lot of these people, like, in the show, they're always like, oh, we're best friends. We've known each other, like, Byron Bay, such a tight-knit community, blah, blah, blah. And then in interviews, they've been like, oh, yeah, I met him, like, one month before filming. Yeah. We just introduced each other. That's the thing. Like, you know that that's what happened, but you shouldn't have – you shouldn't see it on the screen. It shouldn't be so obvious. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very obvious that these people have, like, no chemistry between each other. So even though, like, you know that they're not, like, friends or whatever, like, at least try to <laughs> make it believable. The part. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the whole thing. Like, you're selling this premise that you're, like, a bunch of friends living in 
Byron Bay and you'll just have like really cool parties and you have like really hot friends and whatever. You have to sell the idea to make it believable and then you can like bring the drama from that. I think there's like zero chemistry between any of the cast from what I saw anyway. So I'm like, well, yeah, like it just doesn't work from the get-go. So I think where this has failed, where it's like the shows, like I've said, like Bling Empire, um, Laguna Beach or whatever, like those have succeeded because the cast members are more likable and there's like good banter, there's good conversation. Even though you know things are definitely thrown in, you're kind of like there for the ride because it all just like is fun to watch. Whereas this is like yeah. boring people with boring conversation. <laughs> and then you throw in like really stupid plot points and you're kind of like, mm. well, that was stupid instead of like, that was fun, you know? <laughs> yeah, I really wish they kind of like had worked on that cast beforehand. I think there is like mm. something there for sure. Um, if there was anything, any reality TV show to be filmed, like similar, like, yeah, Byron Bay is the place to do it because you have a whole cast of like people who kind of play into like, the reality TV world. Um, mm. You know, they're really good looking. They're some of them are like quite well off. Um, there's a very distinct look and feel. It's very quintessential Australia. Like this is the Australia that people imagine Australia to be. Mm. Yeah, the beachy vibe. Yeah, yeah. There's something there, but Byron Bay isn't it. It's funny as well because every episode is centered around like someone's having an event. So Jade's having a tanner launch, like Kai, whatever, is having a photography exhibition. And everyone is always having fights. And during the episode, they agree, I'm going to confront Jade tonight at the exhibition. And it's just everyone agrees that the best time to confront someone is at the event they're all going to. Like, it's so scripted. It's yeah. so silly. <laughs> just, like, fine, but make it believable. Mm. It's, yeah, love it. Um, I haven't been to Byron Bay either. This Does this show make you want to go Byron Bay? No, it makes me want to run away from Byron Bay, if I'm honest. <laughs> Everyone's going to be as insufferable and boring as this. I don't want to be <laughs> I feel scared of going now because everyone's going to judge us. Imagine what they say about Sydney Ciders. Can you imagine? I think it's fine. <laughs> we didn't have to be friends. <laughs> they were brutal to the Gold Coast girl. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's maybe because she's trying to live there. Like, if you know you're a tourist yeah. and whatever. Oh, yeah. Then you're like, who the hell fuck is? Yeah. yeah. It must be. But there's so many tourists in Byron Bay. So it's like, surely used to it. I think they hate it. Like. There's always complaints like, oh, our town's being ruined by tourists. Mm, classism. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I just won't go. You won't go because they're not cool enough. <laughs> I mean, it's also pretty far away. Like, it's still well. Like, if we wanted to go to a beach, there are much, there are nice beaches close by. So, also, I don't like the beach. So, this town is literally not for me. <laughs> Byron Bay is a vibe. It's a vibe. It's full of spirituality. The energy is just so calming and peaceful. Do you want to go to a sound healing, Alice, and then we can go to the Crystal Palace? The Crystal Palace, if that's the scene that I'm thinking of, the one where she sits in that purple amethyst and, like, something about um, how she can, like, feel the moon and the stars and something. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I knew that that scene was quite funny, but also I was just like, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, it probably took all of her to say that. I'm like, not laugh so i commend her for that <laughs> this was also built as like influences in byron and if you actually mm. look at the cast they have like 1000 followers like some are bigger because well, one one guy was on bachelors in paradise but some of them are just like 
or 800 to 900 followers. Like I'm expecting mm. influencers, capital I, like in the tens of thousands. The person who has a million because um, yeah, he keeps saying that he's like the most followed male on Instagram. But have you heard of him? No. And also no. one of the one of the scandals is that someone finds out that is a lot of his followers are probably bought. Yeah, I, I saw a snippet of yeah. that. Um, I didn't see the follow-up to it, so I'm not sure if there was a follow-up. Oh, there was just a big fight about it. Okay. There's really nothing. <laughs> nothing got resolved. <sighs> it's like one of these things where it's like, does this matter? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, does this affect you? <laughs> yeah, that guy was so, the guy called Alex, he was like, I can't just watch this, sit back and watch this happen. This guy like, needs to be exposed. <laughs> what? More Instagram <laughs> followers than you? Yep. Like, can't let that slide. <laughs> I simply, I simply cannot see injustice happen and just uh, avert my eyes. It just isn't fair. Yeah, <laughs> I feel pretty confident in saying Alice does not recommend this show. I would not personally. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't waste my time. I well, I didn't waste my time because I'm like, I have, <laughs> I'm like, I have things to watch. I feel like I'm always like, oh, there's nothing to watch, but there's so much to watch. Like, um, that's true. Yeah. Like, I started watching The Righteous Gemstones after you recommended it, Abbott Elementary, also another mm. one of your recommendations. And then there's like, I've got, like, a backlog of movies to that when I get through. So, Byron Bay, I'm sorry, <laughs> but please. I don't got time for you. I don't got time for you. Fair enough. I also would say, I, yeah, don't put it at the top of your list. <laughs> it's really like not worth it. enjoy that sort of thing, like, it'd be good to, like, just have in the background, just have, like, mindlessly. But yeah. I can sit there and consume it. I sort of wonder. <laughs> mm, fair enough. I can't disagree. <laughs> Thank God I remembered to say TV because you definitely talked about TV. But one of the other things I said <laughs> in that lovely little intro of ours was music, which we <gasps> don't always music. talk about. <laughs> I said music. <laughs> but today it's back on the agenda. Mm, so I think last week we mentioned um, Straight Kids album. So specifically on the on the 18th of March at 3 p.m. Australian time, the MV for Maniac was released alongside with the Ooh. album as well called Ordinary. I watched it as soon as it came out on YouTube. We've been seeing like teasers for it. So we saw teasers for Maniac, Benham, Lonely Street, I believe, um, and then heaps of TikTok. So they were giving us lots of teasers, lots of content. I was already like super excited for it. Did the song and the music video deliver? I think it did. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> It was so, I mean, visually, they're always going to bring it. I think Stray Kids, mm. in a very saturated genre, like, just managed to stand out time and time again. I think they've sort of nailed their own aesthetic, their own sound as well. And Ordinary was, like, no different. It was, I don't know, yeah, I'm obviously, like, I'm not music critics, but it was just done well. Yeah, I think when you talk about Stray Kids, like, you instantly expect certain things, like, interesting sounds and, like, samples. And like just like a very interesting and like visually compelling music video. So mm. and like interesting choreography as well. I think that's one of the things that we discussed was they do such interesting like formations and just do really complex moves really well. So mm. I think definitely like I definitely agree with what you said about it being a saturated market, but there's a distinct stray kids sound and look. Like you know what to expect from them. And mm. they definitely stand apart from some of the other boy bands that we're seeing right now. Yeah, I mean, they're very talented. <laughs> but I think also 
um, because we have such a good mixture of people who can sing and people who are like very mm. solid rappers as well. And then there are members in the group who can do both. So it's very, you know, it's a good mix. And I think they really like lean into that. When they produce their songs, they get more experimental because the members are willing to play with that. And even conceptually, the members are willing to partake in interesting choreo, interesting concepts that are like beyond what other people might be willing to do maybe. Mm. And then also styling. My lord, they they're styling <laughs> their stylists are doing everything right. But yeah, but like they always just bring it like whatever it takes, whatever they need to do, very willing to take those risks even in the clothes that they wear. And like you totally appreciate it from a point of view where if you watch K pop, like the look, the styling, the music video, it's all part of the package. Like you can't have just a song in K-pop, unfortunately. You need to have, like, the whole thing. And they really do yeah. visuals to really solidify that sound as well. I'm thinking Maniac where they're wearing, like, the all-black outfits. Mm. Um, it's, like, leather, like, really interesting textures and layers and different silhouettes as well coming from each members. And also Felix wearing that leather skirt. Oh, like, bless oh my goodness. Yeah, they just, like, willing to always push boundaries which i always appreciate yeah and like standing out in like k-pop like hard to be honest there's so many groups that are also very very talented so yeah this is just maniac i haven't even gotten to <laughs> well i think one song yeah if i think if i talk about like the whole album as well or like the mini album like they have such a diverse range of songs in but it has like five or six songs within that there's like such a seven a range as well seven yeah and I think like I think one of the things you said is that like the different members can are really talented at different things and I think one of the unique things about Stray Kids is that they have genuinely good rappers now not to shade some k-pop groups but like I feel like particularly in the early 2000s, 2010s, K-pop, you'd always slip in one member and be like, that's the rapper. That's yeah. the rapper. But they they were not rappers. I'm sorry. Like being able to talk, sing is not rapping, right? Like, and maybe a lot of K-pop songs don't require like complex mm-hmm. rapping. So maybe it works mm-hmm. for them. But I'm just saying like as an example, like DBSK, you know, you know, was the rapper. <laughs> Quotation marks. He's not a rapper. <laughs> like Andy and Shinwon was apparently the rap. No, I'm sorry. Whereas in Stray Kids, I think you have genuinely good. They're like trained and like talented mm-hmm. at the skill of rapping, which is different to like singing, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think it's also something that we can talk about. Like when we discuss BTS, for example, like they had genuinely good rappers, people who mm-hmm. like loved to make a style of music. And it really shows because when you get those verses that are very present in like k-pop songs they just bring it and i'm sp- i'm talking specifically about tongbin as well like he yeah. is like such a talented rapper he's got a very unique sound and they always bring that into every song so you kind of like there is a distinct style difference in the songs as well yeah also like a, a good balance between the members as well and taking advantage of everyone's i guess points so i'm talking about Felix, you know how everyone likes his low rapping voice. Um, having mm-hmm. that in that maniac, like, what do you call it? In conjunction with like the higher tones of the other, <laughs> like that sound, <laughs> the juxtaposition. 
Exposition. Yeah, I don't know what you call it when you put any layer together. <laughs> that low sound with the maniac when it goes like down, like an octave yeah. lower. <laughs> yeah, like that <laughs> combined. Like it's just like a surprising chorus. Yeah. And I think that's what they're good at. They're just like good at surprising us. Even though we know there is a Stray Kids concept, there's a Stray Kids sound, they just constantly play around with that and give us new things. It's always something to like. And I think with Maniac in particular, one of the things that I know we've discussed earlier was that I think for this song in particular, we like how it showcases some of the other members. So I feel like on the internet in particular, like Bang Chan, Felix, Hyunjin, they, Changbin and like Han tend to get a lot of the limelight. But there are some other very talented members like Lino, Sungmin and Ayan. And I think mm. they're more championed in Maniac compared to some of the other songs, like even having different people end the song even the second like drop for maniac hyunjin starts singing one of summer felix's parts like having it change up and bang chan maybe take a bit of a step back in the song and showcase some of the other members it Mm -hmm. felt yeah it was like refreshing and nice to see i think han also sings a bit in this song so it's like nice to see them change up what we're used to seeing them doing and then some of the other members get a bit of a like a leg up (laughs) Yeah, and it's good to see because they've been working hard behind the scenes. You can see like there's definite improvements in um, like the singing and the rapping. And this song really does showcase and showcases off their dancing abilities as well. It's a very controlled movement. I think we were saying before that it doesn't look hard, but to make it look good is hard. <laughs> so, I mean, I loved it. I think I've been very inspired by them. And I'm talking specifically about the trailer. So their makeup looks, I've... <laughs> There's one specific look from Lino where he has purple eyeshadow in the middle and I am constantly trying to emulate that without looking strange. But that is what I want to look like. You know, full hair and eyeshadow and I want to be him. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think the other standout song in the album is definitely Venom, which they did tease. Um, And they also just released the MB as well. And it has like a, I don't want to see it, but... If you listen to it, you'll in within the first few seconds you'll hear it. There's a very distinct like beat and um, that they play, mm. and it just feels like it belongs in a Marvel movie. Like I just know that someone should use that sound for something greater, <laughs> not just sitting on an album. <laughs> and then Lonely Street, which gives me sad boy emo vibes, and you know what? I am here for it because that is totally my vibe. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's very reminiscent to me of like the music I used to listen to like in early high school, but make it K-pop, mm. which is what I'm into right now. So basically, I think, yeah, I loved it. And really great vocals, I think, especially from Sungmin, who he does like a lot of like more ballady styles, like that's sort of like maybe his forte, but I think it really shines in Lonely Street. So yeah, I feel like people who only know of Stray Kids through their like bigger songs, which is like Backdoor, God's Menu, <laughs> Thunderous, like mm. they actually have like quite a varied discography where it includes like a lot of ballad stuff, more like R&B slow jams, like edm stuff as well. So I think there's a lot to explore when it comes to Stray Kids outside of like the more bombastic singles. Mm. And I think, yes. yeah, like some, of, like some of my favorite songs, like Blueprint, I really like. That's like a softer, mm. like chill pop song. For me personally, my favorites from this album were Maniac, Charmer and Lonely Street. There's my mm, three top three. Yeah, I do very um, much like Chama. My f- top three would be, well, it's a, a toss between Maniac and Venom, but definitely Lonely Street and also Muddy Water, which I think is... That's my fourth favourite. Yep. Changmin, Hinjin and Han. 
It's like very old school 90s hip hop. I love that song. I think it's such a good rap song. It's true to the genre of rap. Because these people actually can rap. They can (laughs) actually rap. (laughs) It's amazing what you can achieve when you have actual rappers. Do you want to know one of the controversial statements I wrote down? We've said as well, like their dancing is very stylized and creative and good. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that is like, obviously they're talented, but they have more than five members. So they have enough people to like create those movements. And I wrote, that's why Blackpink's dances don't look that good. Because there's only four members. I think their dances don't look good because they're not difficult choreo. Because could get up dances. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if you get groups and they have at least five members, an odd number, mm-hmm. then their choreo looks good. Or like more people. But when you have four, it just looks super boring. I'm mm. sorry. I'm sorry, Jenny. I think, yeah, I would agree with that. But also I think there's more factors in that statement. That I don't think they are given good choreography either. Mm. No, they're not. I think that's, it's like contributing factors to it, right? Yeah. But I think that four-member thing, it definitely, like you, when you move around the stage, it doesn't look as good because you always have like two in front, two in the back. Like it's not mm. interesting. Yeah. Mm. Or in a straight line. It's not very dynamic. No. I love Stray Kids. I I also wrote when I was watching the MV, one of my favorite things was Felix saying Frankenstein with his Aussie accent. It was very distinct in the song. And I love it. True. I love the Aussie line. And then also Hans Hats. Well, also. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Hans Hats. He's been oh, yeah. wearing a lot of large hats lately. And I think, look, it, it's maybe his vibe. But I don't know if it's my vibe, but I forgive him because song, whatever. It just looks at the end of the day, even though I just went on that whole rant about how looks are very important. (laughs) (laughs) I'll forgive him for his large hats because it's conceptual. Actually, Frankenstein was the name of the doctor and not the monster. (laughs) Right. Surely. (laughs) If Felix had done two-unit English, they would have known. (laughs) Well, I doubt Felix did two-unit English in Australia, in which, yes, you're right, he would have um, studied Mary Shelley. Is it Mary Shelley? Yeah. Could have called her Mary J. Shelley, but I'm like, (laughs) Mary J. Blige Shelley. (laughs) Yeah, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Maybe he would have, um, he would have been like, hold up, guys. No, we shouldn't. We can't say Frankenstein. (laughs) It just doesn't make sense (laughs) lyrically. (laughs) But I'll forgive them. They were they were busy doing other things, like being trainees. Loved it. Can't wait for the Lonely Kids MV. That's what I'm waiting for because I know we snippets of it. Lonely Street. Lonely Street. Sorry. What did I say? Lonely Kids. (laughs) (laughs) but they do sound lonely oh my god like the the teaser they're just like crying and stuff i'm like (laughs) don't cry i like it i like it so much (laughs) if if they ever if we ever see them in concert performing lonely street alice is gonna lose her mind (laughs) bring back my emo boys they're coming back every every boy is emo these days no i think it's the ytk aesthetic yeah where we're we're in that stage of the 2000s now um, the MySpace era. Yeah, I love it. Oh, it's God. very nostalgic. And I think now we have hindsight to now take the best parts of it mm. behind the other parts. <laughs> <laughs> the parts we don't want to remember. Uh, because the funny thing about like this whole like, Y2K aesthetic is that it's very, yeah, it's very nostalgic and it takes heavy inspiration from like those trends and stuff. But what they don't know is that there are other things that happen during that period of time that don't look as good. We're going to see the Oh my god, when are we going to go back to Tumblr? Tumblr is dead. <laughs> Tumblr walks so TikTok could run. <laughs> mm. I reckon Tumblr walks so Instagram could run. 
Instagram yeah. rant so that TikTok could fly. <laughs> <laughs> fly into the heavens. <laughs> and in between, I think there's Snapchat. <laughs> oh, yeah, Snapchat, but... Yeah. yeah the short-lived not. glory of Snapchat. Glory. Yeah. Yeah. Well, safe to say, I think we both enjoyed, unlike Byron Bay's, we both enjoyed Ordinary yeah. by Stray Kids. I mean, I That's think a unanimous. <laughs> I think they would have to do have done something really wrong to annoy us because we're already fans. We already had expectations. I think expectations were met, but I think with solid reason as well. Yeah, and I'm loving all the content that's coming from them as well, from on TikTok and um, on Instagram. Also, side note, but yeah. I did see one interview. I can't remember where it was who the interview was with but basically it was a question directed at Stray Kids asking if there was a genre that they would love to try together so Han mentioned Red Lights which is the song that Bang Chan <laughs> as, a, as a unit yes mm. so what do you think if uh, Stray Kids did a, a sexy a song again? <laughs> a chord again what did I say did you, what did you say what's the name How of the song describe it? 50 Shades of Grey yeah, what's Red the name? Light is it called Red Light isn't it I'm like is it Red Light or is it just a red video clip. <laughs> I thought it was called Red Light. Yes, it's called Red Lights. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. What if Stray Kids did a Red Lights song for their next album? Would you lose your Girl. mind? A sexy concert? <laughs> like all of them. Oh, my God. All these boys in chains. and mm. I think it actually <laughs> might work. That song, I don't know about the whole concept, but definitely the song itself would work really well because they're all about that high-impact visuals. Sound. I think they should do it. I I second Han. I think they should just dis- like do it. That's it. No more discussion. <laughs> That's the concept. <laughs> Done. Too easy. Done. I said we should do it. They should do it. So they should do it. The fans <laughs> have <it>. spoken. <laughs> I do like that song though. Yeah. I mean, again, they would have to do something really bad for, for them to annoy me. But alas, they did it alas. well. What if they didn't come to Australia on their world tour? Would that annoy you? Well, they might have. We may have to just on holiday. <laughs> we said it before. But we'll say it again. The online concert was another level. I can't even imagine what it was mm. like live. So I want that experience. Like I got a taste for it, and I'm here for it. Like I definitely want to see it in person. Just know that they put 110 into everything that they do. I'm not saying that other people don't. But you can definitely, like, see them. Like, they're constantly improving. They're constantly building their performances as well. Like, you see it once on the MV. You see it on, like, when they perform it on stage. But when they bring it into the concert, it's, like, a whole other level. Which is something yeah. that we saw in that online concert where we were already expecting, you know, for example, God's Menu to be a certain stage set. We were already mm. – we would have been happy with them just coming out and, like, doing the dance. And, then like – but they made it into this whole, like, performance – uh, with additional dancers, with additional choreography. Yeah. And we were just, like, losing our minds because it was just like, what the hell is happening? So good. I think they're already good. Yeah. Like, you didn't have to. You did it anyway. And, like, yeah. And then also their kingdom performances as well, which is, I think, where everyone was suddenly, like, really are very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Are Stray Kids good? <laughs> <laughs> well, we already knew it, but they really did yeah. bring it onto a whole nother level. And they did it on such a mainstream platform as well. I think they're just they're on top of their game. But would you be annoyed if they maybe chose to go to New Zealand but not Australia? Yeah, like, why would you do that? Like realistically, yeah, exactly. Economically, financially, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I think, like, just spiritually, like this is your home. <laughs> They're our enemy. <laughs> They're our rival. <laughs> they already embarrassed us during COVID by being so mature about it. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, I mean, I'd rather literally would rather them like perform at Russell Club. Oh my god, yes, please. At Stratty Station, that would be fun. Stratty Plaza, just oh turn god. that into their stage. Yeah, totally. And then we can get Bingzo afterwards. <laughs> Done. Done. Easy. Well, that's another great Stray Kids album. No, you loved our musical review. I'm sure you learned so much from us. Yeah, I mean, review or just what? Yeah. Again, I like the um, technical jargon to describe music, but we know K-pop well. It's a passion of ours. <laughs> I know a bit of K-pop, yeah. <laughs> She's well acquainted. <laughs> so yes, that is Stray Kids. We're begging on our knees. We're screaming. We're crying. Please come to Australia. That's it. That's the tweet. <laughs> crying, screaming, throwing off. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I should tell you. Just very, very quickly. I watched the first Mike's Mike Pretty Little Liars recap. Do you think? You weren't you weren't lying. <laughs> That's an insane show. Well, he's only covered the first two or three seasons in that first episode, I think. Yeah. So the first yeah. two seasons. But like obviously like yeah, one level I'm like, wow, this show is like batshit crazy. Mm. But I think more for me, I was just so impressed by the effort that this guy put in. Yeah. <laughs> like, Printing all the pictures, printing out their names, creating like an insane diagram with like string, connecting all the people, like mapping out all the interactions. And the fact that he literally spoke for hours, like hours to a camera, mm-hmm. and then he had to edit all that into something that was cohesive, that made sense, that had like comedic value, wasn't boring over like 1.5 hours. I was just, I was stunned. <laughs> I was like, how did he do this? The effort that it took is just like <laughs> insane. I think in terms of like the speaking to the camera, that's a talent. But the yeah. effort he put in, I think he said he put like three months of work into it. So like it was a project that was in progress for a long time. Also, again, like he's something he was passionate about. So I think that that's helped to drive <laughs> your work sometimes, <laughs> like, you know, pride in what you do. And yeah, like the wall graph thing that he has going yeah. like, by the end, it will be, it'll be art. <laughs> I was just truly impressed by the scale of it and the mm-hmm. the amount of work that went into it. I was in mm-hmm. awe. I'm yeah. like, and I'm so excited because you you showed me one of his latest posts where he will be diving into the amazing crazy world of Glee. I'm actually, I would watch that. Yes. <laughs> Any more intent? Because I'm actually curious as to what Glee look like now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I would also like to know what happens because I actually, you know, lost. Yeah. I, I didn't like finish the show, so I don't know what happens. Also. Like, in terms of Pretty Little Lies, I think, complexity of the plot. Yeah. Did you, that make you want to watch it? No. <laughs> Do you <laughs> it just feels like a lot. Yeah, I think so. A lot to catch up on. And make you appreciate it even more, because you're like, wow, that was really yeah. wild. Someone wrote that. Someone, <laughs> <laughs> you know, sat down and wrote that. <laughs> and then someone, like, read those words and spoke them and acted them out. Yeah, And then that's someone shot them, like. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> oh, but thank anyway. you for that recommendation. It's definitely it's definitely fun to watch. He's very engaging. I think so too. Yeah. He was made for social media, I think. Um, his personality yeah. really shines. It's literally his calling, I think. <laughs> we should leave him a good review. Yeah. <laughs> I never leave. Oh, yeah. One of the things is like I never leave good reviews <laughs> or reviews in general. Uh, I feel like maybe we should. Like show appreciation where appreciation is required or would be appreciated how about i do it without two friends in a pod account like we watched your video we love it yeah, loved it from a fellow aussie content creator <laughs> <laughs> <I'm gonna love laughs> it. 
So, because now we talked about acting. <laughs> we can now go on to a movie. Well, we have three different things. Wow. Okay. We had TV, we had music, and now we have a movie. Mm. Tick, tick, tick. Movie, which is a musical. So there's music and movie in this one. Oh my god. So West Side Story, which is a remake of the movie, West Side Story, which is an adaptation of the musical, The West Side Story. <laughs> <laughs> One inspired the other. <laughs> and directed I just by... can't stop making it. <laughs> directed by Steven Spielberg, which I found quite interesting. And then mm. led by Ansel Elgott and Rachel Becker. Mm. I mean, I feel like in terms of the story, there's really not much to say, but it's a Romeo and Juliet story, like, but set in New York, really. It's, it's a... pretty stock standard. <laughs> story of Starcross lovers. New York, but specifically like not well off New York in the 1950s sort of era, I think. Yes. And I guess instead of like two opposing families, it's more like two different cultural backgrounds. So you have the white New Yorkers versus the Puerto Rican New York New Yorkers mm-hmm. and they don't like each other. So a relationship between a boy and a girl from those two groups is a no-no-no. <laughs> I forget the line from Romeo and Juliet. I wish I could quote it more, but basically, yeah, mimicking the rival... Um, families. You Montagues and Capulets? Yeah. <laughs> I only remember Montague because that used to be the street name I lived on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good old days. Good old days. But yeah, Alice, I wanted to ask. So for me personally, I like. I think, to be honest, I think for a lot of people, West Side Story is a musical that you've heard about. It's very mm. like embedded in pop culture. Like you at least know the na- name of it, which is, I think, for me, where I was. Like, I, n- I always heard about it. I knew about this thing that existed, mm-hmm. but I never watched the musical. I had never, like, deliberately listened to the music. It, although I think I, when I started watching, I was like, oh, I know this Maria song. Like, yeah. I've heard it before. And I never watched the 61 movie. But what about you? Uh, I watched the 1961 movie, like, that adaptation. I wouldn't say that I went and then, like, you know, listened to all the music. But as you say, like, some of the songs are pretty recognisable. I guess it's just one of those so- like few songs from musicals, like things like Annie and I guess West Side Story as well, where yeah. some of the songs are just sort of floated into like pop culture in a way or through musical streams because they're just such like popular songs, very distinct, mm. and we just know them, but you don't know where you've heard them. Yeah. So like for Annie, like, like Hard Knock Life, because uh, <laughs> Jay Z. Oh yeah, that he's song. When I watched <laughs> Annie for the first time, I was like, oh my god, it's that Jay Z song. Oh, my God. They copied Jay-Z. How dare they? How dare Um, this little orphan copy (laughs) Jay-Z? So I think it's just like, yeah, like just things like seem to trickle through that, you know, from older media. Yeah. But I remember watching the 1961. It was years ago, though. So I'm like, to be honest, Mm. I have a very little recollection of it. But I do remember thinking that I actually quite enjoyed it for what it was. Mm. I think it was a pretty spin on that classic Romeo and Juliet story. Mm. Yeah. And like that was set in like the 1950s, kind of like stylistically, I think I also like enjoy that part of it as well. Yeah. So as someone who has seen the 61 version, mm-hmm. when you watch this new 2021 version, mm-hmm. how did you feel? How did it stuck up? I feel like it was pretty comparable. I think they really stuck to that genre, not genre, that year as well. So it really just felt like a refresh of that exact same movie <laughs> slash musical. I think it's like yeah. not very HD. <laughs> it's like a HD version. With less pixels. <laughs> pixels and better audio as well. I sort of, I think that the leads played the role quite well and specifically mm. the girl, so Rachel Zegler. I thought I really liked her and 
I'm not sure I'm just saying like like my idea of him or like watching him now is kind of like jaded or whatever from things that kind of come out. But I don't think he's the best singer. Mm. Yeah. To Angela, so, right. Yeah. Yeah. I always wonder I think... about this like in musicals and like how much of this is casting because they need someone with a name and who can hold mm. a note versus someone who actually be good um, mm. and talented enough to like you know form in a musical but just don't have that background as you may basically mm. so i actually really enjoyed that they got rachel zegler because she has actually i think she's a, a broadway star. oh really she's really young she was like 17 or 18 when she got casted okay so this is her first movie but she's been doing musicals i guess for her life uh, and she has a YouTube channel. So I guess she must feel a little bit random, which I liked because I think she totally fits the part well. Very talented at singing, of course. Ansel Elgott. Was there someone else that was better? I always have to question it because I'm like, plays a role well because, yeah, he's like a solid actor. In terms of singing, I'm like, I think there is someone else. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah. Not saying that he was a bad choice. I'm just saying, like, potentially. I can't help but think that could be someone better. For me... Like, yeah, his singing wasn't up to par with everyone else. But I think for this movie in particular, like, it's very Romeo and Juliet. So they basically go to a dance and see each other for the first time. And literally just, like, after seeing each other and dancing for, like, five seconds, they're in love. Like, they're ready to just throw caution to the wind and run off with each other. They're so deeply in love with that one interaction, really. So obviously that's, like... It's hard to believe unless the actors really, really sell it or there's like some really intense chemistry behind that. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, I just didn't feel that between the two characters or the two actors, so Ansel and Rachel, like I just didn't feel that strong love between them. Mm -hmm. So I think part of the movie, like a lot of the movie is like holding on that. You have to really believe that and kind of feel sorry for them when their love is so like tragically doesn't, they don't end up together because that's the ending of a Romeo and Juliet story mm-hmm. but yeah to me it was just that that element wasn't there so I'm not as engaged or like mm, drawn to the movie mm-hmm. because yeah that chemistry for me I was just not feeling it between yeah, between between the two of them like mm-hmm. I can't really say it was it was Ansel Elgott's problem or like Rachel's problem but I think just like yeah. the two of them didn't mesh in that like you know what I'm crazy in love with you sort of mm-hmm. vibe yeah because I think the whole setup of Romeo and Juliet is that there like it's a strong enough connection that they will that are kind of like out of line I guess because yeah their families are kind of like warring with each other there's a lot of tension and previous like prejudice and all that sort of stuff that the love would overcome that basically kind of the idea of it and I'm thinking specifically like of Romeo and Juliet like that Baz Luhrmann adaptation we had that really beautiful scene where Leo and what's her name escaping my mind at the moment but basically Romeo and Juliet they see each other through the aquarium like that fish tank yeah and then they're like yeah. slowly walking apart like it's like the prettiest scene it's absolutely iconic and it's for a reason it's because it really in that scene where they don't say anything they're kind of just like looking at each other and walking around this fish tank like you can see the tension you can see the chemistry they're totally like infatuated with each other even if it's just like from a curiosity point of view I don't think we get that mm. there's no like, big romantic like her or scene they're just kind of like we're in love now. It's like, okay. <laughs> and we yeah. can make some nice songs together. Yeah. I think as well, like, one, I don't buy into the love, but also I guess the important thing about Romeo and Juliet is not necessarily that their love makes sense. Part of it is that they're dumb kids. 
and they're mm. head over heels and they're really emotional and all that. And I think after I watched the 2021 version, I went back to the 1961 version and watched that for the first time. Mm. And there are some changes between the two. But in the 1961 version, there's more scenes of, what are their characters' actual names? I forget. Maria, Maria and, and Tony. Yeah. So there's more scenes of Maria and Tony, like, having more flirtatious sort of interactions. So in one scene, they're at, like, uh, a store with, like, clothes. And they're, like, playing around with the mannequins and pretend- pretending to introduce each other to, like, their parents and, like... So they're interacting and play acting with mannequins and wearing costumes and just playing around, goofing around. So there's more, I guess, like relationship growth there or something. So you can see, oh, they laugh with each other, like have fun with each other. And then maybe it's a bit more believable that they love love each other so deeply. Whereas I feel like for the 21 version, their interactions seem quite limited and they're all very serious and stuff. So you're just like, why do you why do you like him? You literally just saw him and he sung one song to you. Well, just that. <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah. That that's it. <laughs> the song did it for me. He wasn't even that good. His song, his singing voice isn't even that good. <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, I think potentially there's a miscast in here. Uh, who who it is? They answer because I think Rachel just does like such a good job with her role. Mm. But I think like she is a good bit. And also I'm kind of like rooting for her because I think she's a bit of unknown. We don't see that very often. I think in mainstream movies anymore we always cast like the same sort of people like anyway um whereas like Ansel Elgort I think solid but I don't know why we just don't want like good male singers in movies I'm thinking also in the Miz where they put Russell Crowe in oh my god if he played you know if it was a speed role like perfect right it would be great yeah no problem perfect. at all yeah because he's a, he's a very good actor he does the roles like that really well but he cannot sing I'm <laughs> I'm actually a musical yeah. <laughs> I'm actually very happy that you mentioned Les Mis because I think if I want to compliment West Side Story on, on one element is that I think it's a very, very good adaptation of a stage musical. So I feel like, you know, like stage musical, seeing it in a theatre is like very different to watching it on screen. Like you're sitting there and you're mm-hmm. only seeing one perspective. So I feel like the way Spielberg like brought it to life in film, he did it really well because I feel like we've seen a couple of of examples in the past where that is not done well and what I mean is this is Tom Hooper slander so he's the guy who directed Les Mis and he's the guy that directed Cats and this oh, man he cannot direct musicals <laughs> but I don't know why studios keep giving him money to direct musicals like when he sees a musical he's like and he's like I need to put it on film he's like doesn't understand that it's a musical and he's trying to adapt it to a different medium he's just like mm-hmm. he just can't do it he's so bad at it like the way he, like, in Les Mis, it was just all close-ups and in Cats, it was, like, these weird angles and, like, weird CGI. Like, he's just so bad at it. Like, stop. <laughs> this is my plea to studios to stop giving Tom Hooper musicals because I feel like West Side Story is a very good example of how, when it's done well, mm-hmm. like, you can adapt it. And I feel like there's some really beautiful dance sequences in this movie that... I think these are the things that I loved about the movie, even though I didn't really like vibe with the chemistry of the main romance. At least I was like, oh, this, these elements are done really well. So like, I think one sequence that stood out to me was when they're en- entering the dance hall for that big sort of like sharks versus jets dance off. And it's like Spielberg uses like these like long, like one no cut or like, what is it? Like long one shots, mm-hmm. like from the hallway into the, ballroom essentially and the camera just like moving really effortlessly and like 
like so well timed with the choreography, like when it dips, like the camera dips, but it all seems very natural. I'm like, yeah, this guy knows how to show, like the show off the chore- choreography that is important to a musical. But I'm like, Mr. Tom Hooper doesn't know how to do that. So I'm just like, stop. <laughs> I hate Tom Hooper <laughs> when he does musicals. I'm sure he's a very nice guy. I haven't seen Cats yet, so I can't speak as to the cost of that film. <laughs> I would agree with all, so Les Mis is something I haven't seen in person yet, yet, yet. I would love to see it in person, theatre, but the movie itself just felt like song after song to song, like it just was <laughs> like, this song, okay, now we're going to do this song, and to its credit, I really like the songs, and I think from that, yeah, the songs like, are great, <laughs> and I think from that, I was kind of like, oh, I actually kind of like Les Mis because I'm like, I like the songs, but I didn't necessarily like, like the movie, I just liked the music that I heard from the movie. Yeah which is essentially a whole album, basically. So, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's to its credit. But so, sorry, I think the songs didn't speak to me as much. I think there are a few, like, good, like, I'm talking about the Maria song. Yeah. Uh, the movie itself is, I mean, I guess we could just say Steven Spielberg's a great director. Is that- <laughs> yeah. I feel like you're like, oh, okay, I mean, hot take. Spielberg knows what he's doing. It's like, well, yes, I think. He's been here for, yeah. for a while. <laughs> He he's got this, mm-hmm. yeah. Adding like it, I think yeah. it shows, yeah. Yeah, as you said, like adding like keeping the stage sets of a musical like dynamic, uh, without losing, I guess the the set design that um if you're a fan of the musical, um you would expect. Because I think as well, like I remember when Hamilton came out on Disney Plus, especially like during lockdown where people couldn't see musicals as well. People like saying, why can't we film all musicals? But the thing with Hamilton especially was that they had filmed it sort of on stage, but like it was a movie. So it wasn't just like a camera at the front, like you would be watching it in real life, but they had like close-up shots when you needed a close-up shot during particularly emotive moments or something. Like it was edited in that way to make it more fun to watch on on screen, which is not how you'd watch it like in the theatre. So, And that takes a lot of effort. Like you have to do it multiple times. You can't just have the cast play at once and you get all those multiple angles mm-hmm. so I mean I think that speaks to why you can't just like put a camera in front of a stage and say I'm filming a musical like that just doesn't work <laughs> it's very different <laughs> just get out my phone next time I watch a musical I'll be like I'm filming a musical <laughs> I'm basically the next Spielberg <laughs> yeah but what were your like overall thoughts? Like, would you watch this movie again? Does it make you want to watch the musical like in person? I would. I mean, I'm pretty much like you. Whereas the I think where I think the songs didn't grab me. Like, I feel like a lot of musicals you watch and then you're like humming at least one song. But I was just like, yeah, I, I recognize that Maria song, and that's about it. Mm. I don't know. Is that taboo? All the theater kids are gonna hate us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a yeah. classic. How dare you? <laughs> it is a classic. Like, I don't. I definitely enjoyed the music. I just like yeah there's nothing that you kind of walk out of the uh, humming I wonder if that's just because um it's a more classic musical rather than like something like Hamilton where it's like meant to be fresh and meant to be modern and so mm-hmm. the songs are intentionally there to like fuck you maybe they just play more into our personal tastes as well I'm not sure yeah potentially sure. maybe I mean, I think another another thing to consider about this movie is like do you think it was worthy of an adaptation like did you really have to get this again and do adaptations ever need to be made to be honest <laughs> um it's a strange one because it doesn't yes it's, a, it's slightly different and slightly tweaked but don't think it adds enough that it's like 
lot more than the original movie did that yeah. I would say it's probably not something that we didn't need, for sure. It's nice, for mm. sure. It's nice to have, sorry, rather than like something we needed. Like, I think I was quite excited when this movie came out. After watching it, I'm kind of like, oh, I'm kind of glad that I didn't like go to the cinemas to like watch it because I'm like, I think I would have walked out maybe a little disappointed. Whereas like, watching it at home, I'm like, yeah, that was nice. They updated uh, some bits of it. So the 1961 version is actually full of actors in brown face. So there's a lot of just like things that happen in the 60s that they don't do these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, I think if you, like from one sort of perspective, when I watched it, because I didn't know much about it and seeing the, the, the conflict between the Jets and the Sharks and how it's like how, or no, like how two groups like blame each other for the ills that are like, for like society's ills. So like the, mm. the Jets are like where uh, the place we live in is going on the gentrification and we're being pushed out and, you know, th- we're blaming the Puerto Ricans. Like they're the ones taking our land and being, it's like this film is about racism. <laughs> it's mm. essentially about like racism. <laughs> so I can see where like it's still relevant to today, sadly. Because I still feel like those sort of messages and so those sort of ideals are like very much present. Like we literally are seeing it today, where it's like, yeah, we're like you know, you don't have a job. Yeah, you don't have a job because all the migrants are taking it. Blah 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 blah. It's that. It's very much that sort of idea that's present in this movie. So I I can see how it's like. I feel like yeah, I could see how it's sort of like, oh no, this film is still relevant to now. Like mm. we should learn to love each other and like. Why can't we all get along? That sort of vibe. <laughs> but then I also feel like it doesn't do anything different enough. Like, does it offer a new perspective or like different answers to that beyond like, let's just all be friends? Probably not. Mm-hmm. And I think and on like a whole nother level to that is the fact that Steven Spielberg said, I really enjoy this movie and this was like a passion project of mine. And I just really wanted to make it. So obviously someone of his stature, his legacy, if he goes, I want to make West Side Story, the studio's like, yeah, have it. Have millions of dollars, go make right. what you want. Whereas if a actual Puerto Rican person was like, I want to tell a story about my legacy and, you know, my people's history, I doubt they would be given that opportunity. Wouldn't you be given the funding for sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like just a lot to consider there in terms of who gets a chance to like tell your story and like why are we spending all this money on yet another West Side story that, like you said, is just like a cleaner and less pixelated version of one we already have mm. yeah that's what i'm saying like it doesn't offer anything different to the original so well, mm. much more than the original so yeah nice to have don't need it an awful i guess is it's <laughs> not the worst thing i've seen maybe that's the no it's definitely not and i think yeah. it's a well-made movie like you can mm. definitely i mean we've said it before but like yes spielberg is a good director surprised so he's definitely good at what he does (laughs) so he made it really well it's just like why didn't he make something new (laughs) really well oh he just really wanted to make this one did you hear the man (laughs) he was just like i just really want to do it (laughs) i really love west side story yeah Yeah. one thing i i heard about ansel elgott's acting is in here is like when he needs to act he can act but when he needs to sing and act, he either chooses between the one. Like, he can't do both. <laughs> Maybe that's the issue. Like, when he's singing, he's so concentrated on singing that he can't act. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I, again, like, it comes to the question of 
was he the best choice for the movie? I don't think so. It's how people who can sing be musicals. That's true. Like the bare minimum. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the bare minimum? <laughs> you'd, you'd think, but we've seen um, otherwise. So, Yeah. Actually, right. the actors that play Bernardo and Anita, I think, did really well. Yeah, I think it's just really Ansel Elgort. Ansel Elgort. Yeah, I think everyone else is pretty solid. I have no qualms about anyone anyone else except for him. And he's not even bad in his job. Like it's just like I think they could be better. That's all that's all I'm saying. I think he's probably as well in comparison relatively when he's next to so many talented people mm. and maybe he seems blander. Mm. Oh definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a contributing factor. But yeah. I I still yeah, I would I would definitely have Visit that costume, and there's the whole elephant in the room of his mm. alle- sexual assault allegations. So I think it does cloud my vision of him too. Yeah, I'm gonna lie. Do you remember when he used to go around calling himself DJ on Solo? No, I do not remember this era. <laughs> oh my god, it was wild. This was like um his post faults in the Star era when his star was rising. Um, he was like, "I'm a DJ. I'm so cool. I'm DJ on Solo." Mm. It was rough. It was embarrassing, and I think this also lines up with all the shit that he's being accused of right now so mm-hmm. like it's not yeah you, everyone probably saw it not saw it coming but like it's not out of line yeah, yeah. that's sad for him sad for him sad yeah. for the people he allegedly hurt i don't know well like would you recommend this movie or would you if someone said like i want to watch one version of a side story which one you would you tell them to watch i think if they can take it watch the original I say mm. take it because I know some people are very adverse for some reason to watching old movies and get it personally. <laughs> Something about the pixels, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I personally don't get it because I love like old movies and it's yeah. just add character. <laughs> it's just like an Instagram filter. Think of it that way. <laughs> it's like when you feel like a black and white filter and things to make it look old, but then you don't actually want it to be old. I'm like, like I don't get it. <laughs> But I, I I would say that the old like the original has its charm, so I think I would be that one. But I guess there's a huge difference. I could I would think yeah, but I would still say the old one. That's what I'm saying. Mm. Um, and if you can't watch old movies, then watch the original. Or even better, probably just like watch it in theaters. Like if it ever comes to you know it comes to you, like just watch it that. Or you can watch Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> and just do your own New York accent. <laughs> <laughs> This one, actually, the 2021 one, a lot of it is in Spanish without without it being fully subtitled. It's just a very 2021 of them. Yeah. Except, like, you could kind of just... It was done strategically where the bits that weren't translated, you're like, yeah, I get what they're talking about. It would be yeah. like a brother telling his sister, don't hang out with boys. You're like, I know what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. Through body language and context. Yeah. We love context. <laughs> Your favorite thing in the world. <laughs> Number one. Number um, one. I do love old musicals though. I love Singing in the Rain. It's one of my favorites. I haven't seen that one. <gasps> I do like it a lot. So that song has been ruined for me since watching Clockwork Orange. I'm not sure, but oh, definitely me. I've definitely been watching it. Yeah, heal yourself with. I think so. Side note. Mm. Like a quiz. I'm going to talk about the quiz that we do like every Friday. One of the questions was, mm-hmm. was what's the song that they sing in Clockwork Orange? And obviously, it's yeah. in the rain. And no one yeah. knew the answer. I knew the answer. Oh, embarrassing. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's, it's singing in the rain. And they were like, and then they were just like, not sure. Yeah. Like, trust me on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I like, have a movie and TV show podcast, so you can trust me on this one. 
<laughs> I'm like, I don't want to explain the scene because it's like yeah. terrific, right? That's it's the bad, point. yes. Point of the yeah. Anyway. Wow. The people you work with are so uncultured. Love to be healed by that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Singing in the Rain. I haven't watched too many musicals. I think you're more into musicals than me. Like, you've I do you like really musicals. know more than me. Like, you got into Hamilton before I did. I was a slow adapter because I was so intent on being like, nah, I'm just going to wait. But I waited like 10 years for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what else have you – I think you've seen – you, you knew Les Mis before I – I only watched it because it was like it became a movie and then it was oh. like quite accessible for me to watch it. So that's why I watched right. Rome is. So I think any Disney films, which like, easily, which anyway, not really. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like there are a lot of musicals that we don't get access to in America, in mm-hmm. Australia, in America mm-hmm. that sound really good. So there's one called like Hades Town that I really want to watch, but. Mm. Okay, maybe it's that. Too. It's not. We don't have like yeah. easy access to um, some of those. Yeah, we just don't have a. Thriving theatre culture. Yeah. Well, speaking of musicals, listening to movies, though, what do you think of? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, my brain doesn't work today. I was gonna call it Defying Gravity. And wicked. No- <laughs> <laughs> yes. What do you think of the Wicked adaptation that is in the works with Grande? Well, thought- one, one. I know Leah Michelle was screaming, crying, throwing up that she missed out on that role. Couldn't she have wanted the Elphaba? Yeah. But she didn't get any of it. So that's what I mean. Like, she's screaming, crying, throwing up. <laughs> she's not getting anything after being outed as mm. a racist bully. Mm. <laughs> and that movie has been in the works for ages. Like, it was supposed to come out before Cats did. Oh, well. <laughs> well, well, well. Well, well, well. Do you know who's directing it? No, who is it? I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. What if it's Tom Hooper? <laughs> Let me I was Google like- it right now. With the music, this has been like development hell for a very long time. Look at the musical film, John M. Chu. Oh, so, oh yeah, Crazy Rich Asians, right? Crazy Rich Asians. Okay, I'll trust him. He did. Uh, he helped with in the hype. Yeah, he did. Step up two. Yes. Oh, did he do Step Up one? No, two. The streets and Step Up three D. So he did Step Up three, Step Up Revolution, Step Up All In number five. I trust him. Do I trust him more than I trust Tom Hooper? <laughs> he's done so many step movies yes so this movie was put on hold because the studio wanted to put out cats first and look where um, that left them well you know what that means it means they're gonna put a lot of effort into wicked and making it the best possible one so they don't get shut on completely <laughs> again <laughs> yes great love that Radcliffe is in the works of um being in there as well and Dan Menzel is Elphaba she really mm. could surprise her as Elphaba I mean that is an iconic role it is her iconic role. However, I'm just thinking of... Not against Ariana? Yeah, so I'm just thinking of casting, if we're going to put Ariana as Gilda, who is meant to be her sister. I... Oh, no. Elphaba is Cynthia Erivo. Yeah. That's what she's done. Is she going to be a new Pinocchio? I want to be a real boy. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't seen a lot of her work, if I'm honest. As a Tony Award, so I'm going to assume that she can sing. Oh, <laughs> she has heaps of theater experience, so yes, I'm. I feel pretty <laughs> certain saying she can sing. <laughs> I was like, if she can get a role at but I'm fairly certain that she has the ability to sing. They are notoriously difficult songs, as I guess most Broadway songs are. But I think this one really stands out to me because I think Undefined Gravity just change. Yeah, in like tones and high notes and such a such a 
yeah, I'm assuming she's going to be good. I'm just curious as well, like how Ariana Grande is going to perform as well. I, we all know she can hit those high notes very well. I think um, if I think about the persona of Gilda, I think she does like fit well that personality. Like I think she could do it. I just, mm. just like question her acting ability because I haven't seen her in a lot of acting roles where she's played yeah. something that isn't her. I think it'll be very much just like you're supposed to be seeing Galinda, but you're just seeing Ariana trying mm. to be Galinda. I feel like that will be like you won't be able to see past the okay. Ariana of it. Mm-hmm. She can definitely sing though, which is great. She can definitely sing, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, no doubt she's talented. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's something I guess you're gonna kind of wonder out when it does actually come out. Where it does come out, yeah, excited for it. Another thing I'm excited about Alice is mm-hmm. our budding career as TikTokers. <laughs> are you excited about that too i actually think tiktok is really fun <laughs> i think like the short form content content something that actually really suits us personally i think it's like low commitment mm-hmm. we like, hate committing <laughs> i just think the idea of doing like a 30 minute tube vlog just seems like a lot right oh, yeah you, know, you don't have to do that but in my head that's like kind of like what we would do if we were to space i don't yeah. think i would be super comfortable with maybe yeah because like we've never done anything like this whereas like short form content where it's kind of like as much tea on what the actual content needs to be like it could be something like really frivolous i think it suits us for now and i'm having fun creating those little videos i think it's kind of got us excited like creatively as well like as to like what we could do with it like we're trying to make it our own but i guess what we're saying is watch our tiktoks give us feedback yeah. what would you like to see from us yeah maybe so- we'll just tell you <laughs> <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <a choice. laughs> yeah so follow us on two friends in a pod on tiktok so it's not t-w-o but the numerical two because our enemy out there has already taken t-w-o friends in a pod <laughs> so to be able to recognize it has our podcast logo on it but we have three to- tiktoks up already from our melbourne trip so please check mm-hmm. it out <laughs> yeah we'll be making more I think um, plans are for us to be like stuff. Yeah, I think we're just going to show like places we go, things we enjoy. So it'll be a little bit different from, yeah, I guess like very different from the stuff we talk about on the pod, which is like TV, music, movies, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just more of a, a peek into our personal lives. Yeah. <laughs> we're so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we can't do long form content because it would not be interesting. <laughs> it's really just like yeah, stuff like- we like to eat. Yeah, I think it means we like to Yeah. And which is eat. <laughs> Love eating. <laughs> Love sustenance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, follow our TikTok, guys. Yeah. Give us a like. Please. Pretty please. Yeah. We promise more content. <laughs> we already have so many ideas. Yeah, I, we, we have things floating around our heads that we kind of want to achieve and do with um, a format like this. It's doable, but whether we do it or not is the question. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a matter of if we can do it, we can do it. More of a question of are we going to do it? <laughs> it's in the works. Well, I had a, yeah, we had a lot of fun editing the videos. So we had a bit of technical issues in the beginning because I know we've like whinged about this before, but our laptops are senior citizens. They'd be struggling. They've been so... They've gone through a lot. So I know for me, my laptop was like huffing and puffing just with every 
edit every cut I try to make. It was just like, Francis, I can't do this. It was taking like the whole afternoon. I was literally eating into my nine to five work time <laughs> until I eventually moved to my iPad and everything went, everything so, like resolved. It was all good. And I think you had something similar. Yeah, my laptop is um, on its last six for sure. So like, as soon as I uploaded anything, I needed to like delete it as soon as possible. <laughs> Otherwise, my computer is like throw up. <laughs> the, the iPad solution was very good. Look out. We're going to dominate the TikToks. <laughs> um, only. Yeah, only. There's like, I guess, more things that we're discovering that we enjoy doing. Yay. I love creating content. Yeah. Love it. Maybe that should be our next tattoo. Content. Just the word content. Love content. <laughs> That'd be too embarrassing. I couldn't. <laughs> no. Like, I couldn't live with myself if I did that. Oh my goodness. Cool. So, what are we talking about next week then, Alice? Good question. Next week. Dear Winter Bottom, what's her name? <laughs> winter. <laughs> Not Winter Bottom. Oh, dear lady. Yeah. Whistle down. Whistle down. Whistle down. <laughs> winter Bottom. What a fail. Okay, our dear uh, lady Whistle Down is coming back to our screens with Bridget. <laughs> Season 2. Hell yeah. Season 1 was a hit, I think, for me in particular. I don't know about you, but I definitely was like, didn't expect to enjoy it the way that I enjoyed it. It was very fluffy, it was very fun, it was absolutely ridiculous. but I love how they like modernised it as well um, with the music and the casting, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. And so season two, so I know this is a series of books, I'm not sure where we are in the book series, but I think we don't get to see our Duke of all. He is gone. He's gone. Skis. Definitely still resides with us in season two, like a side character than the main character. And then we have an eldest brother of the Bridgetons, I think. Yeah. He's trying to get married. Yeah. He's to settle down. So I think it'll be like that sort of storyline, I think. Um, yeah. I haven't read the books, yeah. but that's my understanding. Yeah. Now I've read all the books now. So each book is one. Yeah. Alice, they're so easy to read. They literally they don't take brain power at all. Like, are they for teenagers or are they for, like, 20s? Oh, I would – not for teenagers. I think it's a bit too explicit. <laughs> it's saucy. A bit saucy, yeah. Mm. I would probably say, like, yeah, 20 onwards. Mm. But each season is, like, one book, I think. That's, like, the plan or that's what they followed so far. So the first season is the first book. Basically, yeah, Simon should should have been appearing in this season because all the siblings sort of appear in each other's – books as side characters but the actor just didn't want to come back so he was like i'm too famous now i'm like i've got other things to do which fair enough you're very beautiful keep doing your own thing oh, but he's such a highlight in season one i know come back what are you doing now i don't even know what he's doing now better been worth it amen philby's love oh that was a good movie though. <laughs> the harrowing which is a um, podcast series sandman which is another podcast series. She's still with Love in 2020. The Grey Man is just filmed and it's for release this year. And then Dungeons and Dragons, he'll film that too. Oh my God. Definitely. I suddenly love Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Both Dungeons and Dragons, I love. Oh, Chris Dragons. Pine is in it. Hugh Grant is in it. Ooh. I love okay, Dungeons I and Dragons. So don't play it, but I would love to see a movie about it. I think that would be really fun. I just love Chris Pine. <laughs> Three beautiful men We're playing a beautiful game of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, yeah, but anyway, Bridgerton season two. I'm expecting more music. I think they released the soundtrack. I saw it yes, somewhere. Yes, they did. I think there was a BTS song. I make that up. Was there? It was like a K-pop song or something. Yeah, I'm looking it up. Diamonds, Mariana. I can't see K-pop. 
Okay, I'm just, I made that up. I don't know why I made that up. Just supporting your voice. Um, <laughs> any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> Diamonds Rihanna. Oh, there's a Bollywood material girl. Yeah, because the sisters are like Sharmas. That's their family name. Uh, Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Times. Miley Cyrus. Cyrus. Wrecking Ball. I'm very, very keenful. Um, <gasps> Robin's Dancing on My Own. Yeah, so yeah. some really great songs. Maybe that's why I said it with K-pop. Maybe it was just out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's great songs. BTS must be on that list. <laughs> I'm here to manifest it. Season 3. <laughs> Um, euphoria maybe i'll be saying the same thing but it'll be real <laughs> oh my god it could be i really want that it could be and bridgerton season three is like confirmed as well i think i think they're kind of like riding the wave of its popularity because it was really successful and a big hit and i think the timing yeah of it also kind of maybe played a part in that success of, of season one. Oh, and then also because it was like lockdown mm. was it yeah for us um, it was like during lockdown yeah yeah the next season is like a Cinderella story, if I recall correctly. <gasps> Love it. So, yeah. Love uh, it. Just like a lot of fun. It's just like low stakes, romance, set in olden times, but like feels fresh, feels modern. Great yeah. costumes. Great costumes. Great styling. And yeah. when Simon was in it, good looking men. <laughs> now there is absolutely zero. <laughs> no, I don't think there's any left. <laughs> oh, God. It's just, it was just the one. What's her name? Nicola from like Dairy Girl. She's in it. Yes. I'll support her. Love her. I stand her. Yes. <laughs> Love Nicola. That's what we're we doing next week. Oh my God. My computer is like so bad now that the screen is like going green in some bits. Oh my God. That's so funny. I'm going to take a photo. <laughs> but anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Maybe we'll get new computers soon. (laughs) Now then, but bye. Bye. Well, well, well. Look look who it is. Well, well, well. Hi. Oh my god, it's four friends in a pod. Oh, wow. Oh, six. Seven. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, well. (laughs) It's your four biggest fans. Hi, I'm Aaron. And this is Jamie. And this is Claudia. And this is Ryan. Hi, Claudia. Five guests. Friends in the pod. Yeah. Oh, that's five a professional guests. microphone as well. One, two, three, four, seven. It's seven friends in a pod. How's it going? <laughs> wow. Everyone got a peek behind the curtains of what it's Love like. It. Yeah, us in our PJs. <laughs> With my hair and my roller. <laughs> yeah. Love it. It's so glamorous. This is what it's like. The life of a podcaster, content creator. A content creator, indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm.